0: Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and we're talking this week about can I really be content? I think it's a question that a lot of us as followers of Jesus, if we're honest, say, you know, I do struggle with being content. And I was reminded of this a few weeks ago when I was honored to do part of one of my best friends, uh, Tom Bohannon's mom's uh, homecoming service to heaven unfortunately uh, at the age of sixty six uh, had a brain aneurysm and uh, four days later went to be with jesus and when I do a funeral I always ask people um, especially the close family members what uh, what are three words that you would describe that you would use to describe your loved one and it's always interesting to hear what three words that uh, people give and um, you know they're always good positive uplifting words but uh when tom i was meeting with his dad and his other brother uh, the three of them uh, there was a family of four and i asked that question when i got to tom uh talked about you know wonderful mom um selfless but the third word that he used uh, i've never been told and i've asked that question easily over 500 times and doing ministry now for a little over 20 years and so um I'd never heard this word used uh, to describe somebody, and Tom, for the third word used to describe his mom was content. He said, my mom was content with her place in life and who she was and where she was. And by the world's eyes, she was not a quote, successful person. She was a stay at home mom, but raised two great boys, was very active in her church and was always preparing meals to help others and was a great friend and a great uh, daughter-in-law, married in a family, uh, Wendell Bohannon that had a lot of siblings. She was an only child, but it was amazing the ripples that she made in other people's lives. But she just had a peace about her as a follower of Jesus. And knew who she was and she was just content with where she was and i'll tell you over the last few weeks uh, i've really ruminated on that like am i content and i confess to you today that unfortunately a lot of times uh, as a type a personality uh, bears to tell you as a pastor and um, that i I'm, I'm probably not content always wanting a little more and um I just uh, really been asking God to, to teach me, and so as I share this week about can I really be content, I am uh, speaking and uh, trying to help you, but also I'm, I'm speaking to myself that I want to be like Paul, that I can learn to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty. Or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And I'm just thankful that, you know, yesterday we talked about the end of the program. I read a devotional that I'd come upon on November 27th in Paul David Tripp's wonderful devotional book, New Morning Mercies. And it talked about the reason we're not content, he says, is because of envy. And I really, really, as I read that devotional, really resonated with that. And if you missed yesterday's program, really want to encourage you to check out that podcast, that 14-minute program. You can go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org. That's hopeisheretoday.org. And you can uh, be blessed by that and hear that devotion uh, that I shared at the end of that program yesterday. But I think the fact of the matter is that you know, we want to be like Paul if you're a follower of Jesus, and I want to be content. I want to be like Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, to learn to be content with whatever I have or whatever season of life that I'm in. Because, friends, the fact of the matter is that if we don't get content, not being content, it can just drain us, exhaust us mentally, emotionally, and even physically, uh, and cause people to have illnesses and I know a lot of colds and flus and things are going around, and some of that just, that's normal this time of year, but I also think part of the reason could be is because we're not mentally and emotionally healthy, and maybe one of the things is that we're we're not content, and uh, I just hope maybe these programs yesterday, today, and uh, tomorrow will help you uh, be more content. So I want to share four things with you that I've learned from Paul's life and from being a follower of Jesus now for um over 40 years that God's taught me, both through the mountaintop experiences, successes that I've been blessed to have, and through the failures, the setbacks, the disappointments, the pain, the heartache, the storms in my life, the floods, okay, the bankruptcy, the divorce. I mean, you know, those things um, God has uh, taught me so much and uh, about trying to be like Paul and being content. Maybe these four, one of these four, maybe all four will help you. But first thing that, uh, I think it's just so important, and it's real simple, but I think God, he, he wants it to be simple. God is not complicated, and having a relationship with him is not complicated. But unfortunately, I think I make it, and a lot of times other people, we make it complicated. But the first thing, if we want to be like Paul and be content, it all, number one, just starts with our daily mindset choice. It all starts with our daily mindset choice. Friends, uh, each day, each morning we get to bed, we get a choice to either say, uh, Oh, no, it's morning, or we can say, Oh, it's morning. Good morning, Lord, and be excited about what God has for us in the day. Um, you know, Psalm 118, verse 24, I shared it last week when I honored my mom. Uh, she celebrated her birthday on November 27th. That uh, She used to come in and wake me up in the morning with Psalm 118, verse 24, the first like real Bible verse that I, I really learned, but it was because she repeated it so often, and I'm so thankful she did. I wasn't at the time as a middle schooler, okay? But this is the day that the Lord has made. I shall be glad and rejoice in it. And, friends, that is a choice, uh, our daily mindset choice. And even through the trials, the heartache, the tribulations, uh, Jesus said, you know, in this world you will have trials and tribulations, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world, and you will find peace in me. But, you know, one of the things I love about reading the Bible is because— you know, a lot of times people write books and, you know, honestly, maybe they don't have the complete credentials they should. It's just something they're interested in. And uh, I heard a long time ago, and I found this to be true, don't ever read a book by somebody that's not lived out what they're trying to teach you how to do or try to help you to be more informed about a topic. And Paul, uh, like all of us, uh, he had his credentials questioned. And so he's writing a church to. Uh, a letter to the church in Corinth, and uh, he uh, has been getting some backlash from some people. Uh, as they were starting churches there and things. And so Paul, this is his response in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 27. Paul says, hey, here's my credentials. Starts out in verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served God far more. I have worked harder. Been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me thirty-nine lashes. I want that to resonate with you for a minute there. In verse 24 of Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Five different times I was given thirty nine lashes. Well, you know the reason they stopped at thirty nine. Well, they stopped at thirty nine lashes being whipped because they found that most people would die after thirty nine lashes, so they wanted it to be an in incredible pain to try to one to punish that person, even though, like in Paul's case, all was he was being whipped for because he was talking about Jesus being the Lord and Savior, and telling people they need to repent of their sins but so trying to get people to stop maybe doing something that they were doing, and even though it could have been something like Paul. Other people's could have been really serious crimes, but Paul's was just because he was a follower of Jesus and talking about Jesus, but also to scare other people, to saying, hey, this could happen to you. And sometimes those people would rather die, but most of the time they would survive, and that's why they stopped at 39 lashes. But I want you to just think about that for a second. Here's a guy, Paul, that went through that not once, but five different times receiving 39 lashes. Paul goes on to say in verse 25 of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. He said, I've traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles, so friends, just like us, Paul had people in his life that were causing danger to him and were threats to him. So when you think the enemy says, oh, God doesn't understand what you're going through. Jesus doesn't understand. Yes, friends, there's people were following Jesus 2,000 years ago that were being persecuted and ridiculed and being just haunted okay, by other people that they knew. And so just understand that, friends, we are not dealing with anything in our lives that other people for over 2,000 years as followers of Jesus have not dealt with. Paul goes on to say, I face danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but they are not. Ouch. We see that today, don't we, friends? A lot of times, people that call themselves followers of Jesus, but, you know, the Bible says that, you know, man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart and uh, know people that maybe they're at church every Sunday, but really, in no, all honesty, the other 167 hours, 166 hours of the week, uh, you don't see the fruits of the spirit in their lives. Paul goes on to say, "I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I've gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm." So, friends, just uh, know that when Paul says, "I've learned to be content." That's come from a guy that has been through a lot. And so Paul can learn to be content. Friends, I hope that's encouraging today to you that you can learn to be content too. I saw this great quote a few years ago. It says, life is about balance. Be kind, but don't let people abuse you. Trust, but don't be deceived. Be content, but don't stop improving yourself. And the reason I bring that into this conversation today, friends, is that please don't think that when I say by being content that we need to become lazy, okay? Uh, Man, excellence glorifies God with whatever we're doing in our lives. And as my good friend and hero of the faith, Wally Rendell says, if you still got a pulse, you've still got a purpose. And so we don't need to be lazy when I talk about just being content. So please understand that. And God, the Bible says, without vision, the people shall perish But just know that sometimes there are seasons in life where we just have to be content while we're waiting on God to move in a situation in our lives. Joyce Meyer, one of the best books I've ever read. It's one of my top ten, The Battlefield of the Mind, written over 20 years ago, Uh, a couple years ago. I think it sold over a million copies, so they did a revised edition. And uh, just a powerful book. Really encourage you to read it. It says, Whatever we focus on, we become. Whatever we put our energies or our attention on, those things will develop. Where the mind goes, the body will follow. Oh, that's so good by Joyce Meyer. Whatever we focus on, we become. Whatever we put our energies or our attention on, those things will develop. Where the mind goes, the body will follow. So I want to ask you today, what is it that you're focusing on? What is it, if we're honest, it's just eating your lunch? The enemy's having a field day with you because you just keep focusing on a wound, uh, this disappointment area, something that just you can't believe happened. And don't get me wrong, friends, there's a time to grieve and there's a time to process, but there's a part sometimes where we just have to make a decision, draw the line to stand and say, you know what, Satan, you're not going to steal my joy anymore. Okay, not anymore. Yes, it happened. Yes, it hurt. But I believe Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, and I'm going to trust in that today. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I hope that you've been blessed by this program. You'll share a, a podcast copy of it, and I hope you'll continue with us again tomorrow as we'll continue talking about, Can I Really Be Content on Hope? is here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Want to get in the Christmas spirit? Come visit the Oh Come Let Us Adore Him Nativity displays at the Gardenside Christian Church on December 8th and 9th from 5 to 8 p.m. and Saturday 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. See over 100 nativity sets from all over the world as we prepare our heart for the arrival of our Savior Jesus this Christmas. There will be Christmas music each night, including a special Christmas concert on Friday at 7 p.m. by Grace Times 4. Hope to see you at Gardenside Christian Church in Lexington on December 8th through the 10th.